finishing up our 40 Days of Purpose campaign, and uh, we want to take a look at what have we learned over the last 40 days. Uh, on your outline on the screen, we have Deuteronomy 11.2. Let's read this verse out loud together. It says, Remember today what you have learned about the Lord through your experiences with Him. The Bible tells us over and over and over and over again, remember what you've learned. And the reason why is that if you don't remember what you've learned, you haven't really learned it. And if you haven't really learned it, then guess what? You have to learn it again. And so the key is to learn this stuff and to remember it uh, the first time and build it into our lives. So we want to take some time today and remember what we've learned. Uh, So what have we learned? What have we learned specifically about God? Well, the first thing we learned is that it's all about God. It's all about God. It's not about me. Hebrews 2.10 says, God is the one who made all things. And all things are for His glory. He wanted to have many children share His glory. Uh, You know, the the purpose of life is about God's glory. It's not about me. Life is far greater than my happiness, my dreams, my aspirations, my personal fulfillment. You are were made by God and you were made for God. And until you really understand that, life isn't going to make sense. Everything got started in Him and finds its purpose in Him. It's just one of the most basic truths about life. It's all about God. It's not about me. You were made to fulfill God's purposes for your life. You were made to serve God. God doesn't exist to serve you. God doesn't exist to fulfill your dreams, wishes, and aspirations. God's not your genie who answers all your requests. No, you were made for God. You were made to serve God. And when you understand that, it changes your priorities. It changes your perspective. And if we can just get that, that is so foundational. Uh, to understand that, that it's all about God. It's not about me. Second thing we learned about God is, is that God still does miracles. Uh, God has done so many things in our midst over the last 40 days. Uh, God is a miracle-working God, and nothing is impossible for Him. Let's read Psalm 77. Let's read that out loud together. You are the God of miracles and wonders. You still demonstrate your awesome power. God still demonstrates His awesome power. God has been at work in the lives of people here at Rockbrook over the last 40 days. Do not underestimate what God has been doing here. Uh, there has been some amazing stuff that's happened. And so we've learned some great things about God. Uh, next, what have we learned about life? Well, we've learned that this life is preparation for eternity. You know, if someone were to come up to you and say, well, what is the meaning and purpose of life? You can give them a three-word answer. Life is preparation for eternity. But God put us here now to prepare us for eternity. We are eternal beings. God has planted eternity in the human heart. And the purpose of life here is to prepare us, to, to, to get us ready to do what God wants us to do forever. And God wants us to learn uh, His five purposes for our lives, and He wants us to learn how to live those out in balance and health. And that's the second thing we've learned about life. We've learned that we were put on earth uh, for God's five purposes. Uh, the Lord has made everything for His purpose. Now, on your outline, you've got almost kind of a little chart. 
that, that gives us the, the statement and then the Bible word uh, for that statement of what we've learned. And we've learned that I was planned for God's pleasure. And when I bring pleasure to God, that's actually the Bible word for that is worship. And then I was formed for God's family. And the Bible word for that is fellowship. I was created to become like Christ. The Bible word for that is discipleship. You know, when you become someone's disciple, you follow them, and the goal is to live the way they live. It says, I was shaped to serve God by serving other people. And uh, that's your ministry, is the Bible word for that. God has uniquely shaped you with the spiritual gifts, hearts, ability, personality, and experiences. To, to, now, it's not just for yourself, it's to serve other people and build up uh, the family of God, the church. And that's ministry. And then uh, we realize that we were made for a mission. And the Bible word for that is evangelism. My, my goal, once I understand these purposes, is to pass them on, spread them to other people. So that's what we've learned about life. Now, what have we learned over the last 40 days about spiritual growth? Well, we learned that in order to grow spiritually, you must act on what you've learned. Now, James 2.17 says, Faith by itself, it is not, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. You, know, you only believe the parts of the Bible that you do. You only believe the parts of the Bible that you do. And if you just have faith but you don't act on it, that is not a living, active faith. Uh, the sad truth is you can go to church all your life, but if you don't do anything about what you've learned, uh, then you're not going to grow spiritually. Your spiritual growth comes from acting on the knowledge. Because we grow through keeping commitments. It's not just about making commitments, but the real growth comes from keeping the commitments. And the people who've grown the most over the last 40 days are the ones who stepped up to the plate made commitments, and then followed through on them. Because we grow the most through the commitments that we keep. In our culture today, we're far too prone to make a lot of commitments and then not keep them. And so we're finishing up this campaign, and maybe you haven't finished reading the book yet. Maybe you've fallen behind and you've still got more to read. Or maybe you missed some of your small group meetings. Uh, or maybe you haven't heard all the sermons in this series, or you haven't memorized all the verses. You know, you just haven't finished the process yet. You haven't kept the commitments that you made at the beginning. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't give up. Keep reading until you finish the book. You know, if you need to, borrow the small group DVD from your host and, and watch the sessions that you missed. Fill in the blanks. Take notes in your workbook. Finish it. Even if you couldn't be here one weekend for one of the sermons, and I did a church conference in Ohio one weekend, so I was gone. Well, I got the CD of Pastor Tommy's sermon and listened to it when I got back. Um, you can listen to them online. You know, keep working on your memory verse. You made a commitment, persevere, follow through, keep the commitment. That's how you grow spiritually, by keeping your commitments. We also learned that we grow through fellowship. If you're going to become like Christ, you have to be around people. And that's just the way you become like Christ, because being like Christ is expressing the love of Christ, the life of Christ uh, to other people. 
And you can't love other people unless you're around them. And so you've got to get with some other people in order to grow. The Bible says this, iron sharpens iron, uh, so people can improve each other. You, know, you take two pieces of iron in it, and it's the, the contact, it's the sparks flying that, that cause iron to sharpen each other. And uh, how many of you would say that you grew more with other people uh, than you would have if you'd just done this stuff on your own? Anybody? Yeah. Every service, you just fly up with that. Uh, you know, I've been in two groups uh, through, through this session, and I just love both of my groups. I've learned so much from those guys. Look at Philippians 4 9. Let's read this out loud together. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard, and the God of peace will be with you. If you, want, you want God's peace in the midst of a chaotic, stressful world? If you want God's peace in your life, well, this tells you how to find God's peace. You keep doing uh, what you've learned, received, and heard. You know, you say, why would you stop doing the things that have helped you the most? And so over this 40 days, you, you need to keep doing, you need to keep having a daily reading. Keep reading every day. Stay with that habit of having a devotional time. And you need to stay plugged into a small group. That's what's helped you to grow. Keep doing uh, those same things. Now, at Rockbrook, we do our small groups on what we call a semester system. And in our groups, we get together, we form, we do sign-ups and form groups. The groups do a study for a few weeks, and then we have a few weeks where we can do some housekeeping and kind of catching up and finishing. Then we take a little break, and then we fire it up again for a new uh, semester. And so uh, even as we're winding down this 40 Days of Purpose campaign, as a staff, we're already getting ready for the fall semester. Uh, in September, uh, we're going to do uh, 40 Days in the Word. And so we're gearing up for that already. So I want to encourage you uh, to be praying and considering what you can do to continue your spiritual growth in that fall semester. And you know, if you weren't able to be in the group this time, you didn't make that commitment, start now. Start planning now. Start making the schedule changes. Start making the priority adjustments that you need to make in order to get plugged into a small group. Uh, in September, October, November for that fall semester. Plan ahead. Get ready for that. If you've been in a group, uh, and maybe you'd consider the possibility of hosting a group this fall. You know, you've been in a group, you think, well, I could host. We could have people over to my house, or we could host it even at somebody else's house, or maybe where you work, or you know, wherever you want to want to do it. Uh, but we're going to be recruiting and training hosts very soon for that fall semester. So I want to encourage you to be thinking about that. Yeah, maybe I could host. So when we ask for that, you can step forward and be ready to do it. But the 40 days of purpose is coming to an end. And so the question is, now what? Now what? Well, write this down. Start living what you've learned. You know, all the knowledge in the world is useless if you don't practice it. Now John 13, 17. Let's read this together. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And the blessing doesn't come from knowing these things. The blessing comes from doing them. And, and in too, uh, for too many Christians and too much of Christianity, the emphasis is on what you know. And we just load our heads up, load our heads up. Most Christians are educated far beyond their level of obedience. The question isn't how much do you know about the Word, how much do you know about God. The question is, how much are you doing? Because the blessing comes 
when you do these things. Now, Ephesians 5.15 says, live life with a due sense of responsibility, not as those who don't know the meaning of life, but as those who do. Do you know that, that you are far more accountable, you are far more responsible before God now than you were 40 days ago? You are far more accountable to God now than you were 40 days ago because you know more. You know more. Uh, you know what life is about. You're not like those people who live out there who don't have a clue what life is about. You know God's plan and purpose for your life. You know what His life is, is all about for you. And so you can't go back to living like you don't know what's going on because you know that you were planned for God's pleasure. So you know you need to be surrendering your life in worship every day. And you know that you were formed for God's family. And so you know that you better be uh, doing life together with other believers. Uh, you know that you were created to become like Christ. And so you know that you need to think and act differently. You need to have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. You know that you were shaped to serve God by serving others. And so you better find a place of ministry and get busy. And you know that you were made for a mission. That God wants you to share what you've learned with other people. Uh, you are far more accountable now than you were 40 days ago. Philippians 3.16 says, now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. You know, now that we're on the right track, let's stay on the right track. How do you do that? A couple of suggestions. Uh, how many of you remember everything that you read in the Purpose Driven Life book? Anybody remember everything that you read? Yeah, all we can. Nobody's raised their hands in that. Uh, you know, we, we just don't. I mean, I have read that book several times. I've read it every year since it's come out. It's 10 years. And, and some of the years I've read it more than once. And I'm reading through it this time and I'm thinking, man, this is good stuff. I need to read this again. And so this morning, I, I started reading it again. Uh, actually, this time, I'll just let you know, I'm going to read it backwards. I started with day 40, because there have been some times where I started and haven't finished it, and so I thought, you know, I'm going to start at the back and work my way back through it and, uh, and, and learn it from that perspective. So I'd encourage you, just read it again. Uh, this time, you know, read it with some pencil and paper. Make some uh, commitments. Make some action plans. Set some goals. Be intentional about how do I leave this stuff out in my life. Uh, second thing I encourage you to do is to take our life development classes. Uh, here at Rockbrook, we have uh, classes. We have a membership, maturity, ministry, mission, and magnification classes. And each one of those classes is designed to help you build in these five purposes into your life. And so I'd encourage you, we're going to be offering those classes next Sunday, July 8th, in the afternoon, 2 to 5. Uh, if you've never taken any of the classes, take the membership class. Make and keep the commitment to membership. It will help you to grow spiritually. And if you've taken that class, then take whatever the next class is for you to get plugged in. Those classes are designed to give you an orientation, to help you uh, develop a, a, a path for growth, to, to stay on, the, on track and keep fulfilling these purposes in your life. Uh, and finally, I'd encourage you uh, to pass it on. One of the fundamental principles of the Christian life is, is that you only get to keep what you give away. I mean, it's just, it's just a biblical principle. Jesus said that if you want to keep your life, and if you try and hold on to your life, he says you'll lose it. But if you give your life away, that's how you keep it. 
Same thing's true with this information. You know, God doesn't want you to be a reservoir. God wants you to be a river. God wants you to be a rushing river uh, of purpose. And God blesses the person who says, God, use me to bless other people. And, and so pass these truths on to other people. Share a truth, write a letter, send an email, you know, give them a CD, a sermon CD, buy them the book, you know, bring them to church, invite them to small group, and whatever you've got to do, figure out a way to pass this on to other people. And when you do, you'll keep growing. It's the key to growth. Now, I just want to let you know, as we come to the end of this campaign, that, that I am just, I am so thankful. In fact, I would echo the sentiments in Romans 1.8. The Apostle Paul said, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for every one of you. And, and I do. I just thank God for every person who's here at Rockwood, every person who's made these commitments and is following through on them. Because the news of your faith is spreading throughout the whole world. See, we don't do this stuff just for us. We don't do this stuff just to puff ourselves up. We don't do this just for our small group. We don't do this stuff just for our church family. We don't even do it just for our community right here. We do this because it truly impacts the whole world. It's amazing what happens when we begin to do this stuff. Now, I've asked Les Hunt to come today and share his testimony of what's been going on in his life during this campaign. Les, let's give Les a good welcome. Hello there, Rockbrook. My name is Les. Hi, Les. Uh, my identity is being a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, my struggles are addiction and uh, myself, of course, and living life on life's terms. And, uh, I found that it's all about God, and now I get to have a purpose. Okay. Les, how has reading this book been uh, significant for you? Well, uh, almost embarrassing, but actually this is the first book I've ever read. And, uh, yeah. So this is the first book you've ever read? Yeah. Read from cover to cover. Yeah, first time. Yeah. Yeah. What a book. What a book to start with, huh? <laughs> Something I have found out, too, also, is, you know, I, I don't normally take the, uh, the sermon notes, but, uh, you know, for... The 40 Days of Purpose, it seems like I filled them all up this time. So it's been a process that I've been learning. And, and uh, also the 12-step recovery verses uh, appear through the whole Purpose Driven Life book. And uh, uh, the book has magnified everything that I've learned while I've been in Celebrate Recovery. And it, it's filled me up on how to live the Christian life today. Uh, Celebrate Recovery is how you came to Rockwood. Yeah, yeah, Celebrate Recovery. How did you hear about us? Well, uh, I was actually in jail, and uh, they brought uh, a Celebrate Recovery uh, team came and uh, shared with us about uh, the 12 steps of recovery, and I'm like, you know, recovery for this stuff? <laughs> yeah. So when you got out, our, our name was on the list? Is that the yeah, thing? yeah. Rockwood was one of the churches that uh, had their name on the list. And, 
I was living over in my storage unit there and, and uh, in Belton, and so I figured this would be a short place, a short walk. <laughs> so you're living in a storage unit, yeah. yeah. And you called Rockbrook and said, uh, I need help. Yeah, yeah, I called uh, William Calicone. You out there, Will? Hey, Will. And Will came over, and was another guy, too, and we yeah. spent the night in your storage unit with me. Well, actually, they spent more than one night with me, actually, but uh, I remember calling, he said, I'm going to have to ask my wife. <laughs> he, uh, she wasn't real sure if it was safe to come over there, but uh, he brought a couple of friends along, and they came and helped me through, through several nights to get me started, yeah. And that was how long ago? Uh, that was uh, five years ago now. So, what's one of the life changes that you've experienced through this campaign in the last 40 days? What a blessing. The most significant thing that I could ever have imagined has happened. Uh, I've got to reconnect with my daughters, uh, Joanna and Janelle. They live down in Tennessee. They're beautiful, aren't they? Uh, I haven't been in their lives much since they were three and five years old, and uh, now they're 30-something, uh, married, have kids, and uh, they shared with me, whenever I did get in touch with them every once in a while, that they were praying for me. Uh, so they're believers. Yeah. yeah. They're believers. They've been praying for their dad all these years. Long time. 20, 25 years or something. 25 years that they had to get sober and they feel be back in their life and die. All of a sudden, you and you got grandkids, grandkids, yeah, yeah. And the two, the two uh, lower kids there, those are my twin boys, Dustin and Dylan, and uh, the other two are uh, Jared and Justin, the one with the boots on. He likes dirt. <laughs> yeah. So you got the two twin boys now. They're yeah, ten. They're ten, yeah. And then you got grandkids. And the canon's significant too, there, because uh, Wes is involved in Civil War reenactment. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you actually fire a cannon. You're part of a cannon brigade. Yeah, we're called the Landis Battery uh, out of St. Joe. Actual battery during the Civil War artillery brigade. Yeah. And, and why'd you get into Civil War reenactment? Well, you know, I I I, I needed to. Uh, have fun still, you know. I had to change everything, and you know, I didn't want to do drugs anymore, you know, and that's the only way I knew to have fun. And so uh, I went to a reenactment, and they were shooting candies, man. <laughs> so now, now we got a couple of candies, a couple six pound. So you shoot each other now. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've actually been to one of the reenactments. These guys are good. They, it's really a fascinating deal. It's a lot of fun. And, um, and, and you're pretty accurate with that cannon. Yeah, I can actually hit a 55-gallon drum at 450 yards. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah, I was too, but I ate it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and your boys, just, just recently here, the twins, Bill and Dustin. Yeah, they, they're amazing. Yeah. Uh, what they tell you? Well, <clears throat> recently they told me that they uh, wanted to, that they had asked Jesus into their heart and, and wanting to be baptized. So I really, uh, really been a big deal. Yeah, that's amazing. 
So, Les, what have you learned about worship? Uh, what I've learned about worship is uh, the heart of worship is uh, the surrender. You know, when, when we wake up in the morning, first thing, you know, we we got to surrender our lives over to Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, it goes with not only, you know, being around here, but in everything that we do, you know, at my home when I'm by myself, uh, at my work, sitting in that truck all day. When I'm at my recovery meetings, uh, I do Celebrate Recovery, I do Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, my small group meetings, and, uh, you know, of course, with, with raising my boys and, and being able to be uh, a dad again to my daughters is, is, is all about uh, surrendering and being able to worship so that they, you know, have a, have a clue what to, what to follow. Yeah, you got a memory verse for us, don't you? Yeah, I have uh, three memory, actually four memory verses that I tried to memorize. Uh, this was one of the easier ones for me. It's uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 30. If you would all say it along with me, it makes it easier for me. So, uh, but love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. That, that's a pretty easy one, actually. Surrender. Yeah. Uh, what have you learned about fellowship? Well, with fellowship, I, uh, it's, it's just amazing the, the acceptance I, I got when I came to the church here at Rockbrook. You know, uh, I didn't think there was much room for uh, a drug addict in a, in, a, in a fellowship such as this. But uh, when I come to Rockbrook, uh, seeing people are glad to see me. You know, they, they give me hugs, not drugs. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's been, a, been a real blessing. Uh, you know, when I was in my addiction, uh, my family, they, they kind of disowned me. Uh, my dad, he, he didn't want nothing to do with me. And, and uh, my brother, of course, he was afraid of me if I came over what I might do, you know, steal something out of his house or, or whatever, you know. And, and, uh, but now that I've found Christ, it, it's, there, there's been a big change in some of those things. Uh, you know, I hadn't talked to my father, and, and it's been over 10 years, and uh, somehow he found out. I don't know how that happened, but uh, I think he called my daughters, but uh, he found out that, you know, I'd changed my life, and so he, he called me the day before Father's Day this year, and we had a conversation, and it, it went real well, and so it was nice to talk to him again, and then, uh, you know, my brother, of course, he was a little more... Uh, he was a little more forgiving than uh, my dad, maybe. But, so he, like, accepted me right back in as soon as he found out that, you know, I wasn't going to be bringing drugs around his house or, or doing some silly stuff, you know. So uh, we hang out there, me and my boys. Uh, we go over for barbecues, and my brother has a boat, and, you know, we go out to the lake and pontoon around and rubber raft and ski and stuff. And it's been a real, real blessing. And then, of course, I have my... Uh, my, my my family here at Rockford. So nice to see all of you smile at me, and you know it's so comfortable to be here today. And, and then of course there's my recover uh, celebrate recovery family that I have. And, and yeah, there you go. There's one. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, then I have like this 180 phone numbers in my phone. I, I'm not really sure how all them got in there, but. Uh, you know, it keeps me real busy to uh, talk to, folk, to, to folks about, you know, recovery and, and what God can do for us. And, 
course, there's Steve Kern, my sponsor. Some of you might know him. Uh, he's a real important person in my life today. I talk to him most every day, uh, usually in the morning, you know, while he's on his way to work, and I'm already in my truck. So, and then I, I have several guys that I sponsor today, and, and it's always nice to, you know, talk to them throughout the day. And so, it, it, it makes fellowship a, a, a big part of my life today. And what have you learned about discipleship? Uh, discipleship for me as a believer is uh, I'm supposed to be a disciple as, as well as try to make disciples in, in my life, in my new life. Uh, of course, uh, being a disciple, I'm supposed to try to follow uh, the growth of somebody that's ahead of me in, in my spiritual walk. And, and then uh, to make disciples, I try to lead people, such as my sponsees that I have, that might be, you know, a little behind me in my growth today. And, and, and so uh, I, I think it's a really big deal that uh, we have a sponsor today. I don't, I don't know. I think everybody should have a sponsor. So if you don't have one, maybe you should ask somebody. But uh, being a sponsor is a real, a real honor to, uh, to have influence in somebody's life. And, uh, you know, the, the thing I've learned about being a sponsor is uh, – if, if you're not quite exactly right, your sponsees notice that. So it really helps me to to, to stay on the right track with, with what I'm doing. So, and, and we have a. Uh, I want to go ahead and share the second memory verse that I that I had. It comes from Philippians uh, chapter two, verse five. And if you all again say it with me, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And that, that, that means a lot to me today to, to try to act uh, as Christ did. Uh, and then I want to read my uh, my favorite paragraph in the uh, Purpose Driven Life book. It, it comes on page uh, 26, uh, day 24, uh, transformed by truth. And it says the Bible is far more than a doctrinal guidebook. <clears throat> God's Word generates life, it creates faith, produces change, frightens the devil, causes miracles, heals hurts, builds character, transforms circumstances, imparts joy, overcomes adversity, <clears throat> defeats temptation, infuses hope, releases power, it cleanses our minds, it brings things into being, and it guarantees our future forever. And that just seems to be like a real significant thing to uh, uh, want to have in your life today. I, I remember when me and Kelly were putting this uh, thing together this week. Uh, he, he says, well, why wouldn't you want to sign up for that? <laughs> so I signed up. <laughs> you read that every day, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I it, it helps me to stay focused on, on my new life that I have. Yeah, it's great. Uh, what have you learned about your ministry shape? Well, uh, on the letter E, which is the encouragement coach in our Celebrate Recovery leadership team. In, in Celebrate Recovery, they have, they have a leadership team of four people, and they spell T-E-A-M. I always thought that they need to call it meat because it, it kind of goes backwards, because okay. M is ministry leader, 
And, uh, yeah. And uh, anyway, M is ministry leader, A is the assimilation person, uh, E is the encouraging coach, and T is the trainer. And so Les is the encouragement coach for our Celebrate Recovery ministry. Yeah. What's that mean? Well, I just get lots of opportunity. Uh, uh, I, I love calling people. Of course, you know, I have 180 phone numbers in my phone. I get that opportunity often. And, and so I just try to encourage them to uh, show up to Celebrate Recovery, to uh, uh, get a sponsor. I'm, I'm big on having a sponsor. Uh, coming to church, you know, making this a part of your life. Uh, uh, you know, to, to get a job. Some people need a little kick in the pants sometimes, you know, to get motivated. Uh, and so I, I feel it, you know, a real privilege to be able to, to try to encourage folks to, to do those certain things. And, and, it, and then I also get the uh, opportunity to, uh, I do the booking of concerts. We have concerts here every once in a while. And, and so I got like all the different bands in the, in the city that are Christian bands, and, and I brought a few of them here to Rockbrook. And, and then we had a bowling night, which was, uh, that was a real awesome deal. A lot of people showed up and packed the house there at the bowling alley. And we're going to have another one of those in August. Uh, every now and then we do a game night where some folks come up here and we play games. Uh, uh, apples to apples is my favorite. And <laughs> <laughs> that, huh? I do, yeah. yeah. I like it. Uh, and then... Uh, we also, in fact, are having a, a volleyball uh, event coming up July 15th, uh, Sunday night, July 15th, at uh, uh, the Shelter House over here at the Community Center. Uh, I want to invite everyone to come, and uh, it'd be like an opportunity to maybe get into your small group and make you up a volleyball team, and we'll kind of make it a tournament or something. We're going to do it from 5 o'clock to 11 o'clock Sunday, Sunday night. So it's just something to try to get people involved and, and encourage them to connect with, with, with everything. Now, you call people and encourage them to get a job, but you've got a job. Yeah, I got a job. Yeah. And what do you do? Yeah, I, I'm a truck driver. Uh, you're hauling asphalt for the new Speedway track. Yeah, we're resurfacing the new Kansas Speedway out there. It's been kind of neat. Do you get to drive 200 miles an hour when you unload that asphalt? Well, I wish. <laughs> I'd like to trade a little paint in the dump truck. That'd be all right. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it, it's, I've got a busy schedule. You know, uh, I work about 70, 80 hours a week, sometimes more. Uh, out there at the Speedway, you know, they got to go all the way around the track without stopping. You know, they got to tear it up. And we had a 38 hour day. How do you do that? <laughs> it was a long one, believe me. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's real important to, uh, to to get all the other activities in, you know, with uh, the church and Celebrate Recovery and my small group because uh, I try to make it a priority because it's real important, you know, not only uh, for my own recovery but for the different people that I'm involved with in, in the different groups. So, good. Yeah. Keep coming back. <laughs> what have you learned about evangelism? Uh, evangelism for me is... Uh, Sharing the message of Jesus Christ. Uh, of course, I'm kind of a hard head, so I, I, I try to share the message of what I was and, and uh, how Christ has helped me change uh, it all around in, in five years. Uh, you know, from being that addicted person 
living alone, if people were afraid to be around, to uh, you know, living in a storage unit, to to be the guy with a job, uh, uh, being having a home. I have a home today, uh, a church. I have my family back, uh, friends, uh, and you know, I've been able to find a purpose in uh, my Celebrate Recovery ministry, and those things are all real important to me. Uh, I have my third Bible verse here we're going to read. It's in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 9. And this one's been a little difficult for me because you see all the words in there. <laughs> so i got to read it off there with you too. So let's read this together, please. Uh, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. And uh, that just means so much to me, that verse, because, you know, it, it's, it's through our weaknesses that, you know, God brings out strength. And, uh, you know, my addiction that I had for a long time. It overwhelmed me, you know, and today to, to be able to find somebody else help through that has been a real important part of my recovery. Uh, in fact, on uh, July 25th, uh, we have Celebrate Recovery up here every Wednesday night, July 25th at 6.30. We meet in this room here. I'm going to give my, uh, my uh, life testimony, and so I would encourage and invite you all to to come and share that with me and make me even more nervous than I already am. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Anything else, Les? Uh, you know, I found my life's purpose and mission through this book. Uh, you know, and it just it just magnified it. You know, what I'd learned in Celebrate Recovery. And, you know, by helping the still-suffering addict and alcoholic. You know, showing them that uh, uh, they can have a life, you know, if they follow Jesus Christ. And how much better it is than they could uh, even have imagined. You know, sometimes I, I'm not sure how to even act about it, you know. I just keep doing what I'm told, you know. And when I'm not sure, I ask my sponsor. So, uh, the more I try to, like, live like Christ did the more I find it easier to live in this world. And uh, it's my safe place that I found today to live like Jesus did. And, and so then I, I have this last verse that comes in uh, book of Mark, chapter 5, verse 36. And the pastor that I was in jail that I met with, you know, because I was scared to death, you know, when I was in jail. And uh, he told me, why don't you just give it a try? He said, uh, don't be afraid. Disbelieve, and so that's what I've been trying to do for the last five years. Thank you. Let's uh, let's pray together. Father, we do thank you so much for uh, your word and for the encouragement for all the things that it does in our lives. God, we thank you for last and for his example. And God, you indeed are a miracle-working God who does wonderful things. And we just thank you for the restoration we've seen in his life. God, I just would pray for others 
if you can make these changes in Wes's life, God, you can heal us of whatever hurts, habits, and hang-ups we have. Uh, you can bind up our wounds. You can give us a sense of meaning, purpose, and direction. And so I just pray that you would stir us to respond, that we would come to you for that healing and hope, and that we would uh, seek to be intentional about being the people that you've created us to be. And God, we pray that you help us not to be afraid, but just to believe. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.